Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLean. With me tonight is Sarah Beth, who is recovering from a race yesterday. What race did you participate in yesterday? Um, I ran a Spartan Sprint yesterday with my brother. Ooh, and that leads us really good to our guest that we have today, because if you go to Mr. Jimmy Page's LinkedIn profile, you'll see that he lists under his description that he is a Spartan racer. So that's very good. So Jimmy Page was our uh, guest today. And related to what he said, do you make New Year's resolutions, Sarah Beth? I try to, or like set goals for the year. Do you keep those resolutions? Are they met? Um, About 50% of them are. Like one of mine was to do something for myself. So run a Spartan race was that, but other ones, I just, they end up falling through the cracks. <laughs> well, that's the case so many times that people forget their New Year's resolutions or their goals get by the way. And so Jimmy Page and his co-authors, wrote a book several years ago to help eliminate that. And it was really focusing on one word, one word that'll change your life. Having a one word focus for your life uh, that for that particular year. And then he actually goes into a, a word that's kind of a legacy uh, uh, book as well. Cause he's written three, there's three books on this. There's this one, one word. And that's what he and I talk about today in the podcast there's also one word for kids. So if you want to, if you want to have that one for kids, and then the other book that he has, I do not have, but I'm going to be buying it pretty soon. Is is actually talking, taking the one word and talking about it in a legacy type standpoint. So have you ever had one word as a focus, whether it was on an athletic team or on something? Yeah, yeah. When I was a state officer, we had one word um, that we did, and that was grow. Grow. That is a good one word for the thing. So Jimmy talks about that, how how you can uh, use that as being the focus of a particular season in your life and how you can start it as a family, as an individual. And it doesn't really matter your age. So I really enjoyed my interview and you're going to love our interview today with Mr. Jimmy Page. Jimmy, welcome to the Gen Z Show. I, I appreciate uh, you being willing to join us today. You and I were chatting offline and really uh, beforehand and, and, and comparing who we knew in common. And that's always fun uh -huh. when, when we can share mutual friends and, and going forward. But thank you for be, agreeing to be our guest. Oh, man, it's, a, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Glad to be with you. Well, looking forward uh, to it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Our, our audience heard a little bit of my introduction of you, but they always want to hear from you a little bit more about you, who you are and, and, and uh, what you want them to know. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of, your, of yourself with our Gen Z audience. Oh, absolutely. Well, so I think in, I grew up in Rochester, New York, so I'm a New York native. I live in Colorado now. Uh, and, you know, in the early days, I went to, went to school at Virginia Tech. And that's actually where my my real relationship with Christ started. I was raised kind of in a religious home, loved the upbringing that I have, uh, that I had in that environment. Came to Christ in college and then got involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and uh, and then began a journey of volunteering with them as I became a professional in the health and fitness, sports performance, 
medical wellness side of things, worked for two big healthcare systems in Maryland for quite some time, and then uh, and then jumped on staff with FCA, uh, had, had been on staff with FCA for 17 years, just mm-hmm. recently left FCA to start a nonprofit called the Unstoppable Freedom Alliance, jumped into the fight for freedom to protect and promote and defend uh, American values and, uh, and the individual liberties that we have. I'm an author and a speaker. Uh, I've done a lot, of, a lot of different things in life, and I'm trying to stay uh, on purpose and to operate in a, in a spot of passion as well. So that's a little bit more about me. I've been married for th- almost 30 years, have four kids. They're almost all grown. My youngest daughter is 19, and my oldest son is 27 now. So I have a pretty big stretch of, of kids as well. Well, we're similar on that. We've been married almost 30 years. And uh, my oldest, though, is 22 and the youngest is 12. So I've still All got right. uh, I still got some years to go before I am yeah. an empty nester here. Yeah, you're a late bloomer. It's OK. That's all right. <laughs> uh, the, uh, there's a there's a great story on the last one uh, that, that you could very much see. Well, on all three of them, you can see God's hand on how they came and when they came. Mm. Um, which I probably need to do a podcast episode sometime on that. That would be really neat to hear. So you said you were an author, and that's how we have connected, is yes. is really through one of the books that you've authored, which is this book here I showed in the opening, uh, One Word, One Word That Would Change Your Life. And our, our audience can see it there behind you if they're watching. Tell me about that book. How it, what, what started it? How did it, how did it, how did you guys decide this was something you wanted to do? Well, for the longest time, you know, I was in relationship with uh, one of my co-authors, Dan Britton, and then, of course, John Gordon as well. And we, we had been doing life together and would get together every year and do New Year's resolutions. I mean, we were kind of we're all athletes. We're all competitors. We all want to make the most of our life. And we had a desire to put a game plan together every year, which would kind of list all the things that we wanted to get done that year. And things we wanted to accomplish. And what we discovered in the earliest days, and by the way, this was before the turn of 2000, this was 1999 and and prior. Uh, What we discovered was we would create these incredibly elaborate game plans. I mean, you can imagine Mm. uh, athletes putting together this list, right, of what we were going to get done. And, you know, we we discovered that by the end of January, definitely by the end of February, uh, we had failed miserably on most of the things that we had tried to accomplish. And uh, there, it really um, didn't keep us on track. So a friend actually said, hey, you know, you should focus on one word for the year. You know, what, what's your word for the year? And we we're all like, well, you, you know, Dan was like, what are you talking about? One word for the year. We've got a game plan. Have you seen these resolutions? You know, <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, how's that going for you? And we were all kind of like looking away, like not as not as well as we want. And uh, Dan brought this concept of, hey, what if we what if we just focused on one single word for the year, created a one word theme, if you will, and then allowed God to bring the life change that he wanted in all dimensions of our life. You know, we kind of talk about six dimensions, mental, emotional, relational, physical, financial, and even spiritual. You know, what if that one word could have a profound positive effect on each area of life? Let's give it a shot. And you know, we had failed so often with our resolutions, as, by the way, everyone else does. Mm-hmm. And we weren't, you know, I think the things we learned in the early days was it's more about becoming the person that you're made to be rather than doing things, right? It's more about becoming than doing. 
And we just had tremendous success with it in the early days and finally decided to, uh, you know, after after over a dozen years of doing it, put it in a book, share it with others. So tell me how that works. How does one word work? Because I'm like so many other folks, I guess. I want to lay out elaborate plans because I think the more detailed plan I can have, the more I'm going to accomplish these things. Yeah. Um, maybe I've even been taught that in some ways. Make sure, sure. you lay out your plans, your, sure. your goal setting, and, and hit all the dimensions of your wheel of life for those mm -hmm. who are familiar, who followed us before they're familiar with the wheel of life. Yeah. So, you know, how does it work? How do I bring it down yeah. to one word? How does this all work? Well, in the book, I, I think there's a number of things surrounding that, right? I, it doesn't mean that you throw out all of your goals, the things that you mm -hmm. want to accomplish. But what it does do is it narrows the focus. You know, when you narrow the focus, you experience greater life change. And we created a super simple process. It's three steps. It's look in, look up, and look out. I mean, it can't get simpler than that. And by the way, you have the book. You know that this book can be read in 45 minutes. In fact, that's kind of our, our promise at the front. We wrote it in such a way that it would be simple and powerful. You know, that it's not simplistic, like, oh, that doesn't work. Instead, it's simple, powerful. So this easy, easy process is a process that you go through. So looking in, for example, is when you kind of unplug from the distractions of life. You know, you set aside some time for contemplation, for reflection, and you ask a handful of questions. Um, you know, what do I need most? If something in me was going to change that would have the greatest positive impact, what would that thing be? And then you start to journal a little bit about that. What's in the way? What's preventing me from becoming everything I'm made to be, from becoming my best? And you start to journal that. And then some words start to bubble up that if you focused on those words, it might bring positive life change. And then after that, we, we talk about looking up, and as three men of God, men of faith, uh, we believe that the Creator, the one that created us, actually has plans and He has purpose for us. So we plug into that source, and we ask God, uh, you know, if you were going to do something in us and through us to make the greatest positive difference on others, what would it be? And, and it's a time, again, to really hear from God in prayer and, and contemplation, and to start to write down words that are associated with those things. And what we've discovered is you'll see patterns emerge. You know, mm -hmm. you'll start to see that there is a direction, if you will. And, uh, and we talk a lot about these forming chapters in your life, in your lives. You know, it's like, um, this is a chapter. If, if this chapter was a chapter of, for example, unstoppable, which was my word back in 2019, um, what if, my word was unstoppable. What life change would that make to the way I think, to the feelings, how I deal with the emotions that I have, to the relationships that I have, to maybe achieving those goals that I have physically? And then you start to apply those things. So then you select your word. And then the last step is to live it out. You know, it's to look out. It's to say, let me keep this front and center. Let me share it with other people uh, so that we can be, you know, kind of spur each other on to uh, fulfill our potential. And, uh, and then we live it out for the year and we watch as God brings incredible life change. So who's this applicable to? There's so many things going through my mind right now, questions. I hope I can focus on what, because yeah. everything was going in there. But first yeah. one is, is who, who, who can use this? Is this just professionals? How, how do we do this? Who, who well, can use this? 
we've seen every single type of person, every single age. Uh, we've seen it used in a, a variety of different environments. So, for example, when we first started back in uh, 1999, actually, um, we brought it immediately to our spouses. You know, we were all young married, so we brought it to our spouses and they immediately picked it up like they saw the value right away uh and they put it into play and then we used it with our kids we you know we brought our kids in as young as you know three two three four or five years old you know we wrote oh. a kid's we wrote a kid's book about this because it was so popular among families that we wrote a picture storybook about it you know about how to focus on one word to make your best year ever and so uh, even young children, younger than oh, five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes wow. you, you help your kid. You know, the uh, the caution is not to tell your kid what the word is, you know, like, oh, my kid, my son needs to be more obedient. Your word for the year is obedient. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's you can beat them up. But kids, kids find this so easy and so rewarding, you know, and we've launched it in school districts, hundreds and hundreds of school districts around the country use this for their kids from kindergarten or kindergarten through 12th grade. We launched it at college, the college level. We launch it with teams. Uh, it's very, very popular with sports teams mm -hmm. because, you know, people can bring their individual contribution. A lot of times those sports teams will create a one word for the team for the season, which creates focus. Uh, we've used it in businesses for any, anyone from, you know, Intel to Microsoft um they're all using it because it's so simple and it works so i'm thinking who's listening to it right now and i'm thinking about the adults who are working with youth and i'm thinking that they're look, looking at it and think wow this is a great concept but how do i get buy-in how can i convince a young person who this is just going to sound like one of those another hokey pokey motivational personal development things that they're trying to dump on me. How do we how do we get buy in from them? Um, well, I think the easiest way is to, is in the book. We've got so many examples of how people have used it and how they've had success with it. I mean, for example, we've done it with the University of Virginia basketball team. Uh, there, there's incredible credibility in the process. Um, we've used it with Clemson University, one of the most successful football teams in the country. Uh, we've used it with Fortune 100 companies. We've used it with high school teams. And we've got story after story, literally millions of stories now of how people have implemented it and experienced incredible life change where it's actually worked. And I would just say, you know, sometimes... Uh, I've never had somebody say, oh, this is dumb. Oh, that's that's not going to work. I've never I've actually never heard that. Um, it's so easily adopted and there's no risk, right? There's no risk to trying it. Um, but if you do it, you're going to experience life change right away. You're going to experience camaraderie and teamwork and connection with your friends mm -hmm. because they're all moving in the same direction. They all want the same things. They want to be their best. You think it's easier for youth to kind of buy into it from a team setting than they would from maybe their parents? <laughs> it depends on their relationship with their parents, right? Oh, that's um, a very good you know, For us, it was uh, we used it every single year on New Year's Eve. We would get together as our with our family and also the Britons family and others, and we would paint our one words on canvas. So we get these little nine by twelve <laughs> canvas squares. And we would paint our word and then we'd kind of go around the table and everyone would share what their word is and why they chose that word. And also 
what their expectation was, what they were hoping for that year. So in our family, it became a really high relational uh, conversation, an opportunity to really encourage one another. And if you're looking for something to change the temperature of your home, you know, maybe you have a lack of, of connection. Maybe you've got some, you know, some conflict between some of the siblings or maybe with the parents. This is a great opportunity to really speak life into one another and to encourage one another to be their very best. So I've seen it used as a positive tool to really improve relationships as well. Hmm. I, I, when you said that, I was just picturing a, a family sitting aside, you know, kind of doing a retreat almost. Um, I, I would I would encourage the audience that's listening, you don't have to wait until January 1st to jump on these types of things. Uh, that's right. It, it would be very obvious because I was thinking, you know, we might could do something like that when we uh, have a family vacation together uh-huh. as we're kind of going over this. Yeah. Um, well, it, you're exactly right. And, you know, we've had a lot of success launching this at the beginning of a school year, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it, it really has been implemented and adopted in hundreds and hundreds, actually thousands of schools around the country um, where they started teachers. They do it in their teachers meetings. Uh, School administration does it before the year starts. And then when they head into the year, they do it with their classes. And one of our favorites, this has just been so much fun. Texas seems to be a leader in this area. They actually let their elementary school kids take the ceiling tiles out of the hallway close to their classrooms, paint, paint their one words on a ceiling tile, and then they put them back in the in the ceiling. And so every single day, they're reminded of their word. They're encouraging others with their word. When their parents come to visit, they're so proud and so excited yeah, to show them they're their pointing word. to one word up there. Yeah. Yep. So it's really awesome. And we've seen that happen in companies too. We've seen a BMW dealership, actually, Hendrick uh, Motorsports, Hendrick BMW, mm-hmm. had all of their employees put their one words on the uh, BMW, the, this white BMW in the showroom. And it became a wildly popular conversation piece. And they actually became the number one BMW dealer in the country. That is, uh, that's quite impressive to allow them put it on a, a BMW. Yeah. That's an investment. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've always kind of lobbied to get the car. I'm like, hey, what are you going to do with that car now? You know, I was kind of thinking they would want to give it to one of the authors, but we haven't had any luck with that yet. <laughs> So I'm thinking through the personalities that might be listening to this, and there's that person that's going to say, okay, so what's the bottom line? What's the benefit to me? You know, what's the benefit for me doing this? What's the benefit for me encouraging this? Yeah, we can have all this kumbaya moments, but I want you, Jimmy, to tell me how this is going to make a difference in my life now. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think there's a lot of different benefits. One is it allows you to narrow your focus, and I think we live in a world of busyness and distractions. So right off the bat, you're eliminating some of the noise. And I can't think of a better way to start the year than to than to kind of cut through some of the clutter and noise and be able to focus my life in one particular direction so that I can experience positive life change, right? So right away, you're cutting through the garbage, you're cutting through the noise. And I don't know a person that doesn't want to do that. Simplify things and really stay focused. Um, I think the other thing is it creates a positive expectation for the year. I mean, most people, many people um, are struggling right now. They're they're struggling with negativity. They're struggling with all the things that are happening in the world that are kind of heavy and depressing. And, you know, it's hard to find a good news cycle anymore. Right. 
So there seems to be a lot of things, a lot of reasons to be discouraged. This creates an opportunity for a positive expectation for the year. It immediately, and I, we've seen it happen with kids especially, that are down, anxious, worried, depressed. We're seeing a ton of that today. Um, they're kind of stuck in this COVID malaise, if you will, this COVID coma. And what this does is it gets your eyes off of your current circumstances and it lifts your head to a to a hopeful future, a positive expectation about what can happen this year. I don't know a single person that won't benefit from that. Uh, the other thing it does is it helps you overcome challenges and obstacles. If you believe that that one word is going to refine things in you, in your character, in the way you think, in the actions that you take, you're looking for opportunities for growth, always. You're looking for opportunities. And I think that's the, the picture that we want to promote to people is it changes your perspective right away. And then ultimately, it's designed for the benefit of others, right? It's not all about me. Um, it's a, the real big thing is um, a life well lived is a life lived for others. So all of a sudden, I can get my eyes off me and I can start to think, hey, how is this positive change? enabling me to make a difference for others. You know, who around me needs to be blessed? How can I use my word this year to be a blessing to others, to be an encouragement to them? And all of a sudden now, I've got purpose. Um, I've got a reason to make a difference for others, and it keeps me focused on what that looks like. So I think in the end, the, the promise is this. It's positive life change. It's that you will become more and more like the best possible, I hate this term, but version of yourself, that you will be continually made into the, the type of person that you want to be. You'll be making progress towards that. A lot of times without this kind of focus, um, most people don't even remember year to year what they accomplished or what they didn't. So it's like it's going to be a, a, a vehicle to provide some hope too, as, as you build a foundation of hope. Yes. Um, just this last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention came out with a, a study on adolescent mental health crisis, as they are identifying. It says that four in 10 teens in 2021 reported that they feel persistently sad or hopeless. That was the words they used, persistently sad and hopeless. 40% of all adolescents and one in five contemplated suicide. Mm -hmm. um, that's a... Yeah. Someone who's had, you know, who's worked with youth as long as you have, that's a, that's got to be a, an alarming stat to hear uh, being yeah. reported. It is, you know, and I think that the, you're right. I think one word can be a catalyst out of that. I mean, you think about it. Uh, when, when you isolate people, you cover their faces, you tell them they can't go near any other human being for two years, mm -hmm. in essence. And you create a sense of fear and dread about the about today and about the future. When if you can if you can pull that off, the wake of mental and emotional challenges that our kids are going to face are going to be astronomical. We created this crisis. Uh, very few kids under the age of twenty were at risk from uh, a very bad outcome from COVID whatsoever. Very few. It, it's infinitesimally small. We should have let them continue to be kids. Unfortunately, we made decisions that created a mental health, an emotional health, a relational health crisis now. That's right. 
And, uh, you know, it's time for us to stop promoting fear. We have nothing to fear. You know, I believe there's never been a greater time to be alive than right now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a choice. You know, anybody can navigate life in calm waters. But God has trusted us in turbulent times to be able to navigate life. So I don't buy into this lower the bar on expectations. In fact, I think this is the exact opposite time. We need to raise the bar on expectations. We need to lift our the eyes of our young, our young kids and tell them that the future is positive. It's bright. And you can co-create that future with God. Um, you know, I know as a person of faith, God says 365 times in the Bible to have no fear, to be strong and courageous. And I, I soak my mind in God's truth so that I can overcome the lies around me. So all of the lies around me that, oh, we should be afraid, which is just ridiculous. I mean, I, I could tell you my personal experience. I, I got COVID and everyone has their own experiences with COVID. Some of those, um, some people have lost people. I've lost very close people to me, yeah. uh, not because of COVID, but, uh, but complications with COVID for sure. Um, but I, I got it. And I'll tell you this. Uh, I always believed that I was not at risk based on the, the statistics. I knew that I wasn't at risk. I'm a very healthy person and I uh, made certain choices. And I'm encouraging people to lift out of the fear. Lift out of the fear. Don't don't buy it. Refuse it. When I have thoughts about fear and anxiety, I've always trained my mind to say, you know, that's not from God. No, nope. I'm going to live with confidence. I'm going to live with courage. And I'm going to be a blessing to others. The fastest way out of depression, the fastest way out of anxiety is to go bless and encourage somebody else. It's to do something, even if it's anonymous, to help someone else. So if there's any young people listening and they're down and they're kind of discouraged about their future, go do something for somebody else. Do the dishes for your mom. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel empowered. Um, go bless one of your friends, speak some life and encouragement into them because that returns to you. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's time that we start looking at ways that we can be a positive influence on others. It gives them purpose in life. And when you have that purpose, it's, it's hard to feel hopeless if you have that purpose. Yes. Um, When we were creating our new program, our, our life coaching program for, for people who want to uh, be life coaches for youth. I, I had a friend who described this current generation as the hope deferred generation. Hmm. And she was referring to Proverbs 13, 12, where it talks about a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that stuck with me. I mean, that was just so powerful to me hmm. as she described that. But then the word deferred kept going over and over and over in my mind. So I I got up in the middle of the night. I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I, I sleep well every night. But this one night, I could not get it out of my mind. So I went and I went and found my uh, you know, current dictionary, the Merriam-Webster you know, <laughs> Dictionary. And I let that defer to see what we were saying deferred was, was uh, what the definition was currently. And someone's probably listening and saying, what do you mean? Definitions of word changes? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm afraid they do. Afraid uh, they do. <laughs> But uh, I looked at deferred, and it, in essence, was saying it meant delayed or withheld until a certain time. And that got me excited because it wasn't hope lost. It was not hope stolen. It was not hope taken away forever. It's just being delayed Hmm. until a certain time, which means 
that it can be found and it can be obtained and it can be yeah. uh, and that got me all excited and kind of gave me a, a purpose that verse kind of gave mm-hmm. purpose to this coaching program yeah. I'm going to get enough on a tangent, promote my own stuff now, but you know, it gave me it gave me purpose of this because I wanted to equip people to help youth find that hope yes. that's been withheld for them, not stolen, yeah. just withheld. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. Let's go get it. And then I looked at the second half of the verse, which for some reason or another, I didn't look up the first time. And it said, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I was like, mm. well, there's the outcome. Mm. There's the outcome. If we can help them find that hope, we can help them find their dreams, their hopes, yes. and it be the yes. tree of life. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's time, to be honest, I think it's time to to raise a generation of righteous rebels mm. uh, to, that, that our folks, our kids, would stop believing uh, the fear, stop believing the lies about their future, stop believing about the lies uh, about their present that they are more capable than they can imagine to change their own circumstances. I really do believe that it's so easy uh, for people to stand out today, especially in this generation, if you just go for it. Because if, if you have a strong work ethic, if you're willing to sacrifice, if you um, show up early, for example, if you express appreciation to others, if you operate with a sense of humility and this constant learning spirit, you are going to stand out immediately right now. There's no deferral. You take control of your now and you take control of your future. And I think it is time for, for kids to start saying, I'm raising the bar on what I expect for myself. Mm. My experience is when you lower the bar of expectations, it destroys a generation. When you raise the bar and you call people up to a higher standard, when you ask them to perform at their very best, they make unbelievable progress towards their best. It happens every single time. You want to turn around a school? Raise the expectations every single time. You want to turn around a family? Raise the expectations. You want to turn around your path in sport or in in education? Raise your expectations. Raise the bar. We need some righteous rebels who are not going to perform down to the low level of expectations being put on them by their schools or by their family, whoever else, whoever else is speaking these low expectations over them, raise the bar, Uh, go after something great. Because you know what? God has planted seeds of greatness in every single one of us. We have been made in the image of God. For those of us who put our faith in Christ, We've been given everything we need for a life of godliness to make a real difference for others. We need to remind ourselves of the truth sometimes so that we can become everything we're made to be. Mm. Now, there's a, I don't know if you would say it's a sequel or just a second part of this, but there's another book related to this that that you have. And it's about a life, not just one word, but a life word. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between those two books and and how can we use that as as a catalyst to to success in our life? I think the simplest way to draw a contrast between one word that will change your life, which is the first book and life word is one word is all about positive life change year to year. It's chapters in your story, if you will. And then life word is kind of uh, a legacy book beginning with the end in mind. And it's the title of the story. So it gives you legacy is life word and life change is one word. 
So year to year, you're forming chapters in your story. Uh, you're taking on the DNA of your word. For example, if your word was patient, uh, you, by the year end, we believe that you will have been transformed in some significant ways to be more patient. And that goes with you year to year. So every year becomes part of who you are. And then life word is really the title of the story. It's kind of a plumb line beginning with the end in mind. Uh, what is the one word that could capture the essence of my life? And we take you through a process in that book to discover that. Hmm. I love it. So if, if, if parents, adults that are working with youth or the youth themselves, they want to start the journey with building those chapters in their life with one word, where do they go to get resources? Where can they find out more about this from? I think the simplest way is to uh, get the book. You can get the book on Amazon or in other uh, book retailers. I think Barnes and Noble and others carry it. But if you want to go online, there's tons and tons of resources there at the website, getoneword.com. Um, there's, there's ways, once you discover your word, you can, uh, you can put it down in poster form. You, you know, we give you ideas for how to keep that word front and center. Um, before you discover the word, we give you all kinds of tips on how to go about doing that process, all kinds of tips and resources on the website. And I would encourage folks to go there. I was looking through it myself uh, with my family and my wife and a group that she is in as well. And he's right there. There's tons of resources uh, that, that they can have. How else can our audience connect with you? If they want to learn more about what you're doing and connect with you. Well, the new organization that I started just a handful of months ago is called the Unstoppable Freedom Alliance. And the website is just simply unstoppablefreedomalliance.com. And uh, several months ago, I uh, felt that God was giving me a new assignment out of sports ministry with FCA and into the fight for freedom. Uh, individual liberties are, are God-given uh, rights and values in America. So we're kind of on the front lines of that and having a blast. Uh, promoting and protecting freedom in America. What types of things they're going to find on that website if they wanted to go to that? Well, what we're trying to do, I think, most profoundly is create a positive vision for America, create a hmm. positive vision for freedom. What we've discovered over the last couple of years is that I don't believe people value freedom like they used to. And they're willing oftentimes now to give up freedoms uh, in exchange for safety and security. Right. And when you do that, it's never really ends up being a good trade, to be honest. Once you give up individual liberties and you've given government, for example, more control, you really are giving up your, uh, your autonomy, your ability to make decisions for yourself. So we want to reignite a passion for freedom. We want to revitalize the culture. You know, we live in a day when you can be canceled if your opinion doesn't line up with my opinion. And I've never thought I would see that in America. I never thought I would see that in a free country ever. But people can be silenced for their opinion. They can be canceled. They can be deplatformed. All kinds of crazy things. We're silencing medical experts who have been trying to weigh in on this COVID pandemic. We're silencing these people. Never before in the history of our country has that happened. So we want to revitalize that. We want to end this cancel culture. We want to bring back biblical values we want to bring back founding values like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, like equal opportunity. Uh, and so that's a big part of it. And ultimately, we want to encourage people to uh, positively impact their communities. Was it uh, Benjamin Franklin that had the quote that those who trade 
freedom for safety deserve neither freedom nor safety. I, I probably got that wrong. Well, the way I worded it. It's been attributed to him, you know, and and I think that's why, you know, John Adams said, you know, we've we've given you a republic if you can keep it. You know, we've given you this this God centered um, organization, this government that's based on individual liberties uh, for the common good. And but it's going to be up to us to keep it. So each generation has to answer the question, will we protect freedom and liberty in America? And I this young generation gets it. Yes, they they really do understand it. I, I agree with you there. This generation that they, they see some of the eras, uh, they see some of the problems that previous generations have had. They wonder why we let things happen the yeah. way that we let them happen. Um, and. They seem to have a better view. And uh, a lot of it, I think, can be attributed to the fact that they live in a very connected generation, that they were able to get resources a lot quicker than we are. Uh, and we could this could lead us into a whole nother hour here of this statement that is, has been said that this is the most connected generation in history, but they're also the most loneliest generation in mm-hmm. history. Yeah, um, but you know that's a whole other a whole other uh, or podcast there. Well, right? but I think there's something important there. Uh, you know, because uh, my youngest daughter is 19; she's a freshman mm-hmm. at Liberty University in Virginia. My youngest son, John, is 22, and he is a senior at Liberty University. And they're going through this, right? Social media today allows you to connect to people that you don't know, that you'll never know. Uh, it allows you to compare your life against whatever else is being posted. And unfortunately, it's creating a ton of depression, anxiety. Uh, You know, Andy Stanley would say there's no win in comparison. Mm -hmm. We know that. You're either going to compare favorably and be prideful about it, or you're going to compare unfavorably and be depressed by it. Social media connects people, but there's no real relationship there. And so you, that's why I love one word again, because you're doing it with people that are closest to you. You've got your inner circle. We call that your stretch team. You've got your inner circle of close friends who all are kind of moving in the same direction, encouraging each other along the way. Connection in community is the antidote for depression. And so you've got to come into these small group communities again Stop this separation. Stop this six feet of di- that's garbage. Come back together in community. Establish those relationships together. Um, bring some joy and fun back into your everyday. Start enjoying life again with your family, with your inner circle of friends, and don't worry about the you know ten thousand other followers you have out there because yeah, you're, you're never going to know them, but yeah. you will know the five or six that are right there in your community. Uh, I don't know if you know Bob Bodine. He wrote a book oh, yeah. called The Power. You know Bob, so you know his concept, the power of who. That the yes. the word friend has been. You know that Bob's thesis is that the word friend has been devalued in this mm-hmm. social media age, as you could have thousands of friends, and so he wants you to have that who network. And yeah. he encouraged you to have twelve friends, three close friends, and one best friend. He yeah. said there was a guy two thousand years ago that had twelve friends, three close friends, and one best friends, and he's still closing sales deals today. So it seemed to yeah. work. It's so true. And he also wrote a, wrote a book called Two Chairs. Two Chairs. And Two Chairs, I think, for for all of us, is an opportunity to start your day seated across from an empty chair where you're inviting God into the conversation. And I think for this generation more than any other, 
the importance of connecting with God in that way, setting up two chairs, establishing a meeting time every day, whatever time you get up, just, you know, sit down in one of those chairs and invite God to be part of a conversation. He will lead, guide, and direct you in the way he wants to. Um, he will open your eyes and ears to different things that you need in the moment, and he will really encourage you. So Bob Bodine, great man, great books, great He was concept. one of the original uh, guests on this show. When we were live, uh, we had Bob come in. And Amazing. the bad thing is, Jimmy, and I'll do to get close and move on, but is that I was so excited Bob was on the show that I forgot, and it was a live show. We were streaming it on Facebook. So there were like 500, 600 that were watching us live. I forgot to hit record on the on, on this platform until we were about five or six, I don't even know how, 10 minutes in. And we went about an hour, but, you know, the first 10 minutes. So if you go back in our channels, especially on our YouTube channel, you'll see it. You'll see a little disclaimer that it says technical difficulties. We missed the first thing. And I, I joke with folks when they put that in. I say the technical difficulties is that the host was an idiot. <laughs> he forgot to <laughs> That's the urban dictionary uh, definition of that. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. You, you've really given us something to inspire us to, to, to think bigger. I, mm. I think, isn't it amazing that the simplest concepts like one word can mm. inspire us to think bigger? It yeah. doesn't have to be complex. Uh, that's right. Wow. That's right. And, and in so fact, that, I would say the more complex things are, the less you should pay attention, to be honest. Uh, I, I think it's uh, if it's complicated, it's probably not. It, it's going to require too much for you to really implement it. The simplest, most powerful concepts are the ones that work. Um, mm -hmm. And I would just encourage the audience, keep your head up. Don't quit. Don't quit. It's never as bad as you think it is. And, uh, you know, inch by inch, life is a cinch. It sounds so stupid, right? Inch by inch, life is a cinch. Progress leads to happiness. Progress always leads to happiness. Why? Because when you're getting some wins along the way and celebrating those wins, you feel better. You know, I, I can remember some of the darkest days for, for myself and some of the darkest days for my kids, you know, going through hardship yeah. and saying, hey, get some wins today because progress feels good. Progress leads to more progress and that leads to momentum. And as soon as you can get a little bit of forward momentum, you're going to experience the life change that you want. Yeah, I was just talking with that with a, with a guest yesterday about how you got to celebrate you know, those things along the way to yes. build that appreciation for where you are in life yes. um, in order to, to kind of be successful in this. So yes, all these links and uh, the contact information for Jimmy is going to be in our show notes. So for our audience that's listening, if you'll go to your podcast app and look in the show notes, you'll find all those links. For those of you on YouTube, if you'll just look down, you'll see all this information. Jimmy, thank you again for, for being our guest today. I I just want to thank you. This has been such a joy. You bet. My my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And thank you, audience, for sticking with us during this time. Someone you know needs to hear this message. So please like, comment, and share this podcast. And we'll see you again next week on the Gen Z. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.